This is Money Made Simple, the financial podcast that keeps it simple and gets to the point. Kia ora koutou and welcome to Money Made Simple. It's great to have you listening in. Jenny here, I'm back after relinquishing my seat to Sam last week. It was great to hear about Simplicity Living though. Yeah, I really enjoyed talking to Sam about all of that stuff. Gosh, he is a passionate old thing, isn't he? Actually, no, I probably shouldn't call him old. Although he is, kind of. I don't know. Anyway... (laughs) Gloss over that bit. So maybe let's get back on track and talk about what we want to talk about in this episode. Yes. Um, today we're going to be really drilling down into KiwiSaver contributions. Super exciting, right? Oh, I'm excited. Yes. Cool. So let's get cracking. We did cover a little bit of this in our What is KiwiSaver podcast a couple of episodes ago. But we kind of just want to drill down a little bit, as Jenny said, into what are KiwiSaver contributions, how they work, and how many types are there. Okay, well, let's start with what do we mean by KiwiSaver contributions? It's basically just the money going into your KiwiSaver account over time. So where where that comes from, it comes from different places. We're going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. But it's all money that is being contributed to your KiwiSaver account. Cool. So that contributes to your balance. Yes. So there's four key types. The first is employee. So that's the contributions that you are making if you are employed. Mm -hmm. Um. The employer contributions are made by your employer. If you're an employee. Yes. Kind of thing. (laughs) Sticks up, doesn't it? Um, Then the third type of contribution, um, voluntary. So that's any money that you put in uh, when you want. That's often used by people who are self-employed. And then the fourth type, if you are eligible, you also get the government contribution. We'll talk about that in a bit more detail. And so to really understand how much you're putting in, how much your employer's putting in, you can do that via MyIR. Just mm-hmm. logging in and going to the KiwiSaver section, or you can do it by your provider. So at Simplicity, for example, we have a member app. You can log into your account and you can look on the transactions page. You can organise that by contribution type. So you can see over a set period of time, a year, or the whole time you've been contributing, how much you've contributed personally. And so that's your employee. Cool. Yes. And could you also separate that out into how much your employer has yes. contributed or how much the government yes. contributed if you were eligible? Yes, because it's actually quite important because you sometimes are only able to count certain types of contributions. For example, to calculate the government contribution, we'll talk about that a bit more later. Okay, so good to be able to see that either via my IR or your provider. Yes, I mean, I don't know what other providers do via their um, member portals or apps, but um, yeah, I'm sure most of them make that information available. Okay. Cool. So let's look at the different contribution types in a little bit more detail. So employee contributions, which are the contributions that we make from our pre-tax wages or salary. These contributions are automated, so they basically come straight out of our pay if we're signed up to the KiwiSaver scheme. You don't have to do anything. Yeah, so you have to contribute at least if you're enrolled. If you're enrolled. Yeah. Okay, cool. But you can also choose to contribute more, so 4%, 6%, 8%, or 10% if you would like to. So it may suit people to contribute different amounts at different times in their lives. It's a great idea to use our old favourite, the sorted calculators, to look at how different contribution levels could impact your long-term savings because they do have a really significant impact. 
We also actually have a retirement calculator on our Simplicity website. Of course. That allows you to calculate your retirement balance based on different factors, including your uh, employer and employee contribution levels to work out how much you'll have at retirement and how long that will last you over yeah, time. Yeah, cool. So yep. you kind of plug in your numbers that you decide and then it will kind of spit out yes. that nest egg at the end based on those numbers. Absolutely. And it's pretty easy to change your rate. So you mentioned that, you know, you may want to change your rate at different times of your life. Mm -hmm. uh, the easiest way to do that if you decide to do it is probably via my IR. But you can also let your payroll or your employer know. You just have to send them an email. Let them know what your contribution rate is now and what you would like to change it to. Cool. So that's employee contributions. Employer contributions, funnily enough, are made by your employer. Surprise. Yeah. So that's if you are on a salary or wage. So if you're enrolled and you have an employer, they must contribute at least 3% of your gross earnings on top of your base salary. And are there some sort of criteria around how you receive those employer contributions? Yeah, there are, sure are, Jenny. You have to be over 18 to get the employer contributions and you also have to be contributing to KiwiSaver yourself. So you can't be on a saving suspension, which we'll go into. And just to note, I think that your contribution, mm. the employee contribution is uh, not taxed, but your employer... As it goes in, right? As it goes in, but mm -hmm. your employer contribution is. Um, that tax is called an E. SCT. Correct. Do you know what that stands for? I Liv? sure do. It's called Employer Superannuation Contributions Tax. I knew you would. For those that really care. I point that out just to say that your 3% and your employer's 3% may look a little bit different. So yes. they are contributing 3% of your wages, but after the tax has come out, what you're going to see on your payslip may be slightly less than yeah, what you're contributing cool. yourself. So yeah. Don't panic. No panicking. Cool. Um, if you are self-employed, you don't obviously have employee or employer contributions going into your account, so you have the freedom to contribute whatever level suits you. So you could obviously set them at one of those levels that we discussed, three, four, six, eight, ten, and you could automate it in order to make sure that you're putting the money aside for that financial future, or you can decide whatever you want to contribute at different time periods. It doesn't need to be automated so these types of contributions, if you're self-employed, fall under the voluntary contribution type. So employees can also make these types of contributions over and above their employee and employer contributions. They can make a voluntary contribution at any time that they want to, right? Yeah, so you might get a bonus or mm. maybe you sell something and you've got a lump sum and you think, actually, I want to lock that up. So you might make a voluntary payment. Another reason that people might make voluntary payments is to top up their KiwiSaver contributions in order to be eligible for the government contributions. And that brings us to the fourth type of contribution. Um, if you've been in KiwiSaver for at least 12 months and you're aged between 18 and 65 mm -hmm. and you've contributed at least $1,043 into your account within the KiwiSaver year, which is the 1st of July to the 30th of June, then you'll be eligible to receive a full government contribution of $521. So they're basically giving you 50 cents for every dollar that you've invested. Up to $1,043. Yes, exactly. Yes. If you've contributed less, you may actually still be eligible for a partial government contribution. So they may still meet you with that 50 cents per dollar up to the amount that you have contributed. But it's important to note that only the employee 
employee and voluntary contributions count towards that total of 1,043. You can't include your employer contributions. Okay. So your employee is the important type of contribution or voluntary contribution, yes. right? Yeah. So if someone's been working for part of a year and they look at their contributions and they've contributed 500, they really want to get the full government contribution, they may top up the $543 that they need in order to be eligible for the full government contribution. Oh, makes sense. So what are you contributing, Jenny? Let's get a little bit personal here. Okay. <laughs> for most of the time I've been in KiwiSaver, I've been contributing the minimum amount, which is 3%. Mm-hmm. I am going to be talking a little bit later in this episode about some periods of time that I've contributed nothing. Um, but at the moment, I'm actually contributing 4%. That is in part to play catch up on the period that I wasn't contributing. Okay. What about you? Well, funnily enough, I'm contributing less than you, so tables turn. <laughs> I am currently contributing 3%, but for a few years leading into when we purchased our first home, I upped it to 6%, just because I wanted to make the most of my KiwiSaver funds to go towards our house deposit. That makes so, sense. Yeah, yeah. And that's quite a common thing to do, I think. Because it's a way of, I guess, locking in some funds that you won't spend otherwise. So it helps you be a little bit more disciplined towards that saving. And potentially if you're earning returns at the same time, then it might be a way to earn a bit more money. Yeah, which are not guaranteed. But hey, yeah. So I came back to 3% once we did uh, finish that house purchase because, as I've talked about in earlier episodes, we have quite a lot of mortgage costs with yeah. a couple of investment properties. So after we pay our own mortgage off, I will probably go back up to a higher rate, probably 6%, because that, that, that felt comfortable for me and, it, and it's personal to each person. Um, and because I would want to accelerate the returns that I can potentially grow towards 65. So, yeah. So this is exactly why, you know, there are those different rates and it's been set up so it is fairly straightforward to change your contribution rate. Mm. One thing we didn't mention was that you can't change your contribution rate willy-nilly whenever you want. You can't just change it every month, right? No, as far as I understand, you can change it every three months. Mm. Um, However, your employer could agree to a shorter time frame, so... If, if necessary. Yes, yeah. if they want to just keep changing it for you every month because that's what you want to do, which I'm not sure why you would, but that can be negotiated. So yeah. So it would definitely be worth, if you may or may not know how much you're contributing to your KiwiSaver account at the moment, logging on to MyIR or your own KiwiSaver account and just looking at that and working out whether that's the right rate for you now. Like we said, there's some great tools on our website and on Sorted mm-hmm. that allow you to um, change the contribution rate and see what difference that will make in the long term. So that's definitely a, a good thing to do. Mm. Mm. Yes. And in terms of that contribution rate, that brings me on to another important topic that we need to cover around contributions. And that's taking a contribution holiday or what is often now termed as a saving suspension. Yes. So that's actually a good point that it was called a contribution holiday and now it's called a saving suspension. The IRD actually changed the name of this uh, concept because a contribution holiday sounds fun. (laughs) It is quite fun, isn't it? Ooh, I might take a contribution. Did you find it fun when you took one? (laughs) I think I had Had a little little thrill when I took one. But now it's called a saving suspension, and it's a name that maybe better reflects 
what you're doing, and that is suspending your very important savings. So employees who have contributed and been a member for 12 months or more of KiwiSaver can apply to have a savings suspension for three months up to one year. This is when you stop making contributions to your KiwiSaver and your employer will also stop their contributions. So that is an important thing to remember, okay? Yes. So both the money you're putting in stops and your employer's contributions stop also. You don't need to give a reason. So applying for a savings suspension doesn't require you to explain your motivation for doing this, but you do need to apply. You can do that via the IRD. You can take as many savings suspensions as you would want or need, but if you don't reapply at the 12-month mark, then you just start contributing again. Cool. Okay. And yeah, as, as Jenny just noted, you don't actually apply for a savings suspension with your employer or with your KiwiSaver provider. That is done directly with the IRD. Yes. So Jenny, tell me about your own savings suspension experiences. Well, I've learned a lot about financial (laughs) management over the last few years at Simplicity. And prior to this, I definitely didn't prioritise KiwiSaver. It was something I did opt into at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I was very pleased to get the $1,000 Kickstarter Amount oh, those that, were the days that we they? did, yes. Yeah. But the period of time when KiwiSaver started also coincided with me starting a family and also doing some postgraduate study and travelling. Um, so, so competing priorities. Yes. Some of the time I was out of the country, so mm-hmm. not um, contributing, but other times I wasn't working or I was working part-time and I just decided it was easier to take a savings suspension. If I'd known what I know now... I may have made a different decision. I I don't know for sure, but it's it's possible. The money that you don't contribute has a long-term impact on your savings. I think it's really useful to look at an example. We love an example. We so do. So I'm going to use an example of someone who's earning $60,000 annually, contributing the minimum amount of 3%. If they took a savings suspension for a year, That, that would mean they had about an extra $1,800 coming to them in their wages, minus the tax that you'll have to pay, because your contribution to KiwiSaver is not taxed. As it goes in. As it goes in, but it will be taxed as part of your wages. Yep. So so say you've got this extra, we just say 1800 for simplicity's sake, in your pocket. And maybe that at the time that's really useful. But what that does mean is that during that year, you're also going to miss out on your employer contributions and the government contribution. If you're eligible. And that totals about $2,300. So your 1800 hasn't gone in, and then 2300 hasn't gone in from the government and employer. Maybe you're okay with that. So that is what, like $4,000? Yeah, about $4,100 in the year that you're yep. missing out on going into a KiwiSaver. But over time, that really starts to add up. Over a five-year period, that $4,100 would actually compound to $5,200 based on about a 5% annual return on your investment, which is around the sort of projections for a growth KiwiSaver fund. Cool. But over 30 years, that $4,100 will have compounded to almost $18,000. At a 5% rate of return. So you are that amount of money short uh, at the time of retirement. I'm guessing you're 35 and you're going to be 65, 30 years later. Yes. Seems like a lot more than 
your four grand that you missed out on with that employee, employer and government contribution amount. Absolutely. I mean, you're 65 and you're $18,000. You had gone Less a, better off than yeah. you could have been. You've gone a blinging holiday for that, or maybe a couple, depending I'm, on how tight I'm you are. I'm sitting on a cruise in the Mediterranean, having the time of my life. Yeah, and if you're more sensible, you could buy a really good second-hand car. Anyway, so, there are definitely situations, let's caveat that, that you might need or want to take a saving suspension. For example, if you've just bought a house, or if you're facing financial hardship and you don't want to go through the hardship withdrawal process, which is really challenging, and we'll go through that in a future episode. So we're not saying that you shouldn't or wouldn't take a suspension. No, absolutely. They are there for a reason, and there will be times for many people where they need to take a savings mm. suspension. But it's just at least worth understanding or trying to work out the long-term impact that those breaks can have, both in terms of missing out on the employer and government contributions, but then more importantly, yes. missing out on the compounding returns of that amount of money over time. Yes. So as I always love to say, knowledge is power. So if you're at least aware how, of how you can take advantage of your KiwiSaver contributions and be able to leverage them to your maximum benefit, it might just help you take a little bit more action for your financial future. Exactly. Cool. All right. So next week, I think we are going on to another super exciting topic. Debt. We'll talk about bad debt. Yeah, this is a two-parter, yes. isn't it? Anyway, we'll leave you there. Look forward to chatting next week. Thanks, love. See you soon. Bye. This podcast contains personal opinions and is intended to provide educational information only. It doesn't relate to your particular financial situation or goals and is not financial advice or recommendations. Simplicity New Zealand Limited is the issuer of the Simplicity KiwiSaver Scheme and Investment Funds. For product disclosure statements, please visit Simplicity's website, simplicity.kiwi.